Hello and welcome to Balance City with your host, me, moi, Danielle. We're going to talk all about the juicy stuff, about relationships, about business, about mental health, all the things when it comes to the journey of life, right? And what you'll see along the way is no one's perfect. We all have our shit, (laughs) to be frankly honest. And I am so thankful that you're here to be on this journey with me. And I'm going to have some epic guests sharing their story. And I just cannot wait to get this started. So let's go. Hello, welcome back. I am so excited that you guys are here. And today I am excited because... (laughs) We, the, the, the person I'm speaking to, Chelsea, we, we never met before. We connected through um, social media, which uh, honestly, I, I think that if you're not using social media nowadays, like you're, you're really not growing, you're really not leveling up in your business and whatnot, because social media is so, so important um, in building relationships. So Chelsea, I'm going to pass you the mic, intro yourself, and then we'll kind of get into the nitty gritty of it. Okay. Hi, I'm Chelsea Makala. I am a former actress and I now run the literary department at Discover Management. And I am a producer and the founder and CEO of Make LA Productions. And um, I'm also a pediatric cancer survivor and advocate and a mentor at CoLab, a um, mentor and mentee a program through the LA Boys and Girls Club, uh, which is a nationwide program. And I work through the Bay Area and LA uh, departments and programs. And then, yeah, I agree. If you're not meeting people and networking and doing uh, stuff through social media and programs, then it's a great way to grow and just a way to kind of foster your abilities and find new ones. And so, yeah, it was lovely to meet you and look forward to this conversation. Yeah, I'm so excited too. And I kind of want to get into my first question, which is, because you said you were, you, you were an actress, right? Yes. So, and then you pivoted into something else. So kind of get into that. You, you know, you, I'm sure you loved do being an actress and stuff and stuff like that. But like, when did that pivot happen and kind of go into that? So, um, like many actors you hear, I was a child actor. I started in my small town of doing theater and school programs and, uh, it started very young. Um, and I started touring with a area choir and we got to sing, uh, in, at Carnegie Hall in New York City. And it kind of just became a domino effect from there. One opportunity led to another. From that, uh, from the Carnegie Hall performance, I got an opportunity to do bigger uh, performances in San Francisco with adults. I was like 12 or 13 at the time. And then from there, I got auditions to do commercials and you know, different shows and things. And then that led to Los Angeles. And by then I was a teenager. So my parents were driving back and forth with me. And then we eventually moved to Los Angeles and we were driving back and forth. And so it all just kind of was a, you know, tumbling effect. 
And as I got older and got closer to college, I found that my interests were moving more towards PR and the marketing. And, you know, this was a little bit before social media. I'm going to age myself. Uh, Oh, please, please. Uh, I I understand. Okay. (laughs) Um, The days of MySpace. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was so interested in how the studios caught everybody's attention and how, you know, I was told, you know, you're this demographic, even though I was older than that demographic, why was I that demographic? And why was I being put on the press tour, you know, and certain shows and certain media outlets. And so I worked very closely with um, the PR uh, people I was being assigned to. And when I wasn't on shows or carpets, I was, working for free with them. I was like, I'll intern for you. I'll do this. I'll do that. And I, that was kind of the beginning of my turn from being an actor to wanting to learn how to manage things or work in a different part of the industry. And it went from there. It just, you know, when I wasn't working on a set, I was wanting to work in a writer's room or, a, just anywhere I could and learn every aspect of the of the business. And I think what I love about the most is that like you, you, you loved what you, you did when you landed, when you became this actress, but then you saw this other avenue and you kind of pivoted into that, which yeah. is like, I think a lot of people are fearful of doing that because they're like, you know, they want to stay in their own lane that they, that that was their first love. I'm a, you know, this is what I'm going to do. And that's it. But I think it's important to lean into other avenues that you might be interested in. So I I absolutely love that. Uh, Yeah. And I think because I was a kid, I didn't see it quite that way yet. Because as I got older, I got a little more of that mindset. You know, oh, my gosh, Mm -hmm. this is my career. So I have to pick one, you know. And Mm -hmm. so when I was a kid, I was like, well, I'll just do it all. (laughs) And so you have that childlike mindset of everything and anything can be done all at once. And so, you know, when I was a kid, I it was just I'm in this industry where everybody's so creative and why not do it all? And then as I got older, I was like, okay, you know, you have to pick one of these. But when I was a kid, I was just wanting to do everything. And I was very fortunate to have supportive parents who were like, you know, dream big and just learn. And so I had that mindset of, well, I'll just learn and I'll just offer people their, my assistance. And, you know, instead of asking for a job, I'll offer to intern or volunteer at events and things like that. And, you know, approach it in that sense. And I, I got to learn a lot through volunteer work and stuff like that. And which later led to really great opportunities for jobs and, you know, day jobs and things like that. And what I kind of heard in there too, is that you, you didn't say no, you kind of, (laughs) Which is a detriment sometimes. Yes, but yes, but at the same time, it 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 brought you to where you are today, right? Yeah, which helps you know, kind of all the experience, all the experience I have and have had. I am I leverage now with my clients. You know, I'm able to kind of tumble it in and you know bring it to 
projects we're pitching or projects we're putting together and pull from what I have and what they have and bring to me and put together these projects and the even auditions on the um, talent manager side, I would just be like, okay, I've been in these rooms or I've been in this and, you know, don't, don't do this or do this or, you know, it's fun. I'm still very much on the actor side through the lens of a manager and it's, it's cool. Cause I, I still get to see it through them and help them. And I love literary cause I'm putting together and helping put together projects and we get to, you know, meet actors who are so excited. And so it's, it's all encompassing. And that's what I love about what I'm doing. And what I love the best too, is that you, you know, you can tell these actors cause you've been there. You could, you can yeah. give them you can give them in, you can put them in the dire- right direction where they're supposed to be. Well, I think that's so important that when you, you know, when you pivot from another job to another and you're trying to lead, I don't know if it's a team or in, in general, be the leader. I think that it's important to be in that space that that person was so you can guide them in the right direction. Yeah. And I always think, you know, I always use the term team because you know I don't have all the answers all the time mm-hmm. and I'm you know constantly growing and leading and like our owner she's my leader you know Deborah Lynn our owner she has been in the industry longer than I have and so when I have a question I turn to her but sometimes you know we bounce ideas off of each other in meetings mm-hmm. and so I do the same with my clients because you never know where the next great idea is going to come from and it could be a four-year-old, you know, like it's true. It really have a great imagination sometimes, you know, and I always use the word team because I think everybody should have the power to speak up in a meeting and to bring an idea to the table and not feel like, oh, the quote unquote leader or boss, especially in this industry should just be one person. It's such a creative and cohesive environment. And I really you know, my job as a manager is not to be the, you know, the end all be all decision maker, but help guide and help, you know, hear your thoughts, hear your ideas, and then kind of organize them and be like, okay, here's ABCD. And then what is the, what are the pros and cons of each one? And then where should we start rather than being like, yes and no to everything. And I think that's what kind of brings everything together at least in my experience with my clients and gets us the best end results rather than creating this, um, you know, yes and no environment and creating, you know, dead ends. And so I really like to have it kind of that environment where everybody feels like they have a voice. I I hope whoever is listening right now, I hope you wrote notes because that was like that. No, but it's so everything that you said was so spot on and so true. So I kind of want to go in another direction with your like uh, cancer advocacy that that you, because I, to me, uh, and I think that um, Rocky, your, your publicist, I think that he, that's how kind of he told me about you and it, Felt right to my heart because I don't know if Rocky told you, but I had a sister that passed away from cancer when uh, she was nine years old and I was only four. So oh I, my God. yeah, so I kind of want to get into that, like the story behind all that. So, oh my gosh, that's so crazy. Um, no, he did not. So I was diagnosed with uh, a type of 
brain cancer when I was eight years old, actually. Um, and it was out of nowhere. We were getting ready to go to the mall and I ran into the wall. Uh, my vision, like, I, I, all I remember is just walking down the hall and then not being able to see within like a second and um, hitting like to the point where I just hit the wall um, short of like fainting. And um, it, I had to be, we only had a little like urgent care in the town that I lived in. It was like a two stoplight kind of town at the time. And so the urgent care couldn't, they realized very quickly that they could not treat whatever it was that was going on. And so we had, I had to be heliported into um, Oakland Children's Hospital. And within a few hours, I was into like three or four various types of uh, brain surgeries within the next uh, 24 to 36 hours. And so I don't remember a whole lot of that 36 hours. If you were a shock to my parents, they remember it like second to second. Sure. Um, and even my brother remembers a lot more than I do. But uh, it's something that I always say, you know, I be- I'm a big believer of everything kind of happens for a reason or things are, you know, within your life are supposed to happen at certain times. Um, and so if that was supposed to happen in my life, I'm glad that it happened when I was a child because I was able to believe in the magic of certain things and the magic of believing and like a toy room will make a day better and things like that. And so it wasn't as hard for me as I think it was for the adults in my life who were watching from the outside in. Um, But it made me who I am and it made me uh, believe and be able to see life in the way that I do. And so, uh, you know, a lot of people have a lot of stories in the world. And that's why I love hearing stories and love helping people share their voice, because I think that's so important. I'm not, you know, the only person with a story from their childhood or a hardship or an amazing, like, kind of unique story you know, mine is one of so many millions. And that's why I think it's so, that's why I love what I do being in literary. I'm able to help people kind of share what it is that makes them unique. Or I'm not a big uh, fan of the word special, but uh, special. Um, it was used so frequently with me as a kid. And so I'm not a huge fan of that word, but special. And so, um, yeah, I think that's what drew me to literary so uh, quickly. No, I, I, I mean, I absolutely love that. And, and it's, and it's very true when those types of things happen, it, it makes you a different person, a stronger person. Yeah. Um, and so what kind of things are you doing in that realm now? So I, um, I am, I've been working on my own story with my co-writer for a year or two now, and we're developing it in the animation space. And it's not a biography or anything of that sense, but it um, is based upon the magic of 
childhood and not allowing adult events to lose the magic of childhood when something so adult, uh, something so much in the adult realm happens to a child that you don't, it doesn't allow a child to lose the magic of childhood. And so we are developing it and working on it. And then I also have stories from my clients and my uh, different people have submitted to me that I'm developing uh, quite a few in animation. And then we have some coming out that are comedy. I'm a big fan of comedy on Sika TV and Apple TV that are just, you know, with the pandemic have happening and happened. Uh, People just finding the light, not lightheartedness, but the moments of happiness, comedy, being with your family through such a hard time, but also that in and of itself, being able to spend so much time with your family, if there's a, you know, golden lining around that. And so some of my writers, you know, while being in quarantine with their family and friends, you know, those who have roommates wrote and created content. And so we were able to get that on Sita TV and Apple TV, and it'll be released. The first one, uh, Searching for Josh Brolin, uh, my team of writers, Julie Phillips and Jacobs. Sidemen, their show will be released at Searching for Josh Berlin on February 25th. And it's complete comedy and fun and just all about, you know, what would it be like if you were searching for a um, your middle school boyfriend and they, he had become famous and all of this and it's fun. And, um, and then the second one, Bothered Season 2, the first season is already out on Sika Apple TV and they have a big following. And so we're releasing the second season on March 3rd. And that was another group of friends who just started making content during the beginning of the pandemic. And so it's all about, I really support those who want to create and tell their story and whatever that story may be boxed up as. I really love that. I mean, and I, I think that is, it's what I, that's the beauty. Uh, I think that like amplifying others is so, is so important. Yeah. And I think that, I mean, that's the reason that I do this podcast and I'm so honored to have you share your story and have your story out there because it needs to be told. Thank and, you. <laughs> no, it really, really does. Like I, I truly believe what you were just saying before, everybody has a story yeah. Everybody deserves to have their voice heard. So I love the projects that you are doing. And I'm going to like put um, put all like the, the links in the show notes so that people can connect with it. Um, one of my other questions that I love to ask when I interview <laughs> is if you ever wrote a book, <laughs> what would the title of your book be? Oh, goodness. Um... I, that is a really good question. Um, I think it would be something along the lines of, it's not just in my head. Ooh, I love that. And probably because uh, when being diagnosed with brain cancer so young, I was told so many things of, you know, you won't live past your 20s, you won't be able to read, you won't be able 
to speak. You won't be able to walk. You won't be able to, uh, I mean, my parents were told I won't come out of surgery. Um, and so, so many, you won't, you can't, you know, I was surrounded and I mean, it's the statistics of it. And I, my family was just very much on the side of, well, why can't she be the 10% or the 20% or even the 2%? Somebody has to be. And I, you know, just constantly fought for that. Well, sure, I, you know, there are plenty of people who are, but why can't I be that? Or even partially that, you know, somebody has to show the other kids who are being diagnosed with this right now behind me that they can also be this. And so that's, you know, continually why I always went back and was continually involved to interact with kids my own age and, you know, help each other. And then as I grew older, go back and talk with parents and families and kids. And because I knew what was in their ear and be a constant reminder that somebody out here is alive. Somebody out here is walking. Somebody out here is talking is, you know, is doing all these things that you are being reminded may not come, but somebody out here is. And yeah, sure. There were things that didn't come, you know, but there were things that did. And I wanted to always be in that, uh, you know, visitor's room or toy room or whatever and show kids that, no, no, no. Like there is someone here who did do some of this. And, you know, um, I, was it, it was very important to me to show a positive light to everything uh, because it's hard when you're surrounded in a hospital every day and seeing the, the hard side of it for, you know, while you're going through chemo or operation or whatever. And um, I ended up having to have eight brain surgeries through my teen years. And, you know, there, there are great days and there were hard days and you just get through them. And I think the people you surround yourself with are very important. And then having visitors who are like, Hey, 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 it's good. You'll get through this. There's great. There's going to be a great time. There's a light at the end of this. And I know when I got those visitors that really helped. And so I always wanted to be that for, um, you know, whoever it was, whether it was, uh, in Los Angeles, Oakland, or when I was, you know, visiting other places, I, I always made it a point to try to drop into places and just say hi and, you know, do whatever I could do, whether, you know, sometimes you were allowed in the room, sometimes you weren't. Well, I could tell you right now, you are definitely a light for others already with everything that you're doing. So believe that for sure. A hundred percent. You are, Thank you are. You. And I hope that everybody's listening. Like, I mean, like we were saying before, your, your your story is so important, and I I want to encourage you to to speak up because uh, my last question for you would be like, how did you get so comfortable with using your voice and sharing your story and putting yourself out there? That took a really long time. So when I when I was a kid, it was much easier because I was in a small town, and so everybody just naturally knew my story because when I was diagnosed. It, um, everybody knew because the second I went into the hospital, 
It was, you know, there were local fundraisers, like anytime anything big happened to a family, the town pitched in, you know, it was just one of those like small towns where if anything happened to anyone, the whole town helped. So it was natural for me to then, you know, speak up on behalf of anything after that, that happened to anyone else, I would help. But then when I moved out of that town, it was much more daunting because I didn't want that to backfire on me. And it wasn't like now, you know, this was early millennium where like you had to give this perfect image. And so if anything was out of sorts, it could backfire on you, or at least that's how it felt, you know? And so for a very long time, I just didn't talk about it. I just kind of, when I went home, I would talk about it. But when I was out, I just really didn't say anything. It was just, you know, something I kept to myself. And then when I got older, I felt, you know, this this is who I am, accept me or not. This is part of me and this is important to me. So, you know, I volunteer and this is, because when I wasn't, acting. I was volunteering. I was doing nonprofits. I was running all these things. And I never spoke about it as part of my promotion because I was afraid it would like not be part of the actor image, quote unquote. And it it felt very weird to me. I didn't like it at all. And then I hit my mid twenties and, um, I was talking to another actor who I was working with and she was torn with the same thing about something going on in her life. And here I was like telling her, don't worry about it. It's great. It's you, be you. And I was struggling with the same thing, but not taking my own advice. And that was kind of the moment where I felt like if you are preaching this and telling people, you know, be you, be authentic, be yourself and don't worry about it, but you yourself can't even take that. That's wrong. You need to, whatever you're saying, you should be doing yourself. And that, um, it was around like 2014, I did a shoot with a, um, it was an underwater shoot for cancer survivors. And, um, it was the first time I really spoke out about it. And I told a little bit about my story and it was this really cool shoot to raise money for a, um, cancer foundation. And, I, that was the very first time I ever really publicly spoke out about it outside of my town. And it was just a very slow kind of baby steps where anytime anyone asked me about it on behalf of a foundation, I always did it for a point. I never just did it aimlessly. Um, you know, if it was private on my own socials, then that's fine. But if anyone asked me about it, it always had to have a reason or purpose behind it. And that was what made me comfortable because then I felt like I'm doing this to help somebody or I'm doing this for a purpose. And then I felt like, okay, it was like going back to when I visited hospitals or visited, you know, something or worked for a nonprofit. I felt like there was a reason for sharing my story and that's what made me more comfortable just talking about it openly. I, I, I mean, I think what everything that you said right there, I think definitely probably encouraged other people on a good path to lead themselves into talking about their story more because it's not easy. It's not. And yeah, I, and I think it's different for everybody. You know, everyone. Some people are just very comfortable and very authentic, and you know, they're naturally just 
open. And my parents, it's not like I came from a family who told me, don't, don't, don't. My family was very much just be yourself. It's fine. It's Mm -hmm. you. It's a story. And then it gradually within working in a generation and the industry that's very different from now at the time was just, you know, the promoting and the media was very different you know, for a second kind of just made me a little bit uncomfortable and pulled me back. And then I had to kind of open myself up differently again, publicly. And so you just find your way and what works for you. And that's, what's most important is that you're comfortable with it. Nobody should push you open. That right there, like that, no one should push you at all. I love that. I love that. Um, So lastly, for the listeners, how can, you know, they connect with you um, if they want to reach out? Um, so my Instagram is me. <laughs> I uh, It takes me a second to get back to people, but it is me. And so I do respond. You can always uh, jump on my Instagram. It's just my name at Chelsea Macula. And then I have my production company one as well that we just put up. And so at Make LA Productions, it's Makala, but it's my last name is spelled Make LA Productions. And so that's also us and uh, we respond. And then you, for professional inquiries and business, you can always go through Rocky and we respond through him as well. But if you want to just, you know, even is submit or not submit, that would be through Rocky. But you can always get in touch with me through Instagram and Make LA Productions. And I check that and go through that and love to talk to anyone um, on Instagram. But it just sometimes takes me a couple of days. I, and I think that's like everybody needs to understand when... <laughs> Like it's it's a wonder. I, I, I like I'm the same way. I want to connect with everybody, but like give us some time. Give us yeah. some time to go through those DMs because it could get bombarded. Oh but, my gosh! Yeah, I had no <laughs> idea until I got my own. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Chelsea, I, I I just loved this conversation and I love this new connection and I'm definitely going to talk to you off this after we're done here because you just same here. you're an incredible human. You are doing incredible things. And if you guys loved this episode, please tag the two of us. We'll share it on our socials. We'll show you some love when we have the time. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, Danielle. My pleasure. And talk to you guys soon. Yes, talk to you soon. Thank you, everyone.